welcome to the second episode of season 2 of tell me more firstly i'd like to thank all my listeners for being so supportive for removing your valuable time to listen to this podcast and for a community who is growing one step at a time it's because of y'all that we are at 600 listeners now and we are a part of 600 different people's lives all across the world who are working every single day to better their lives now as i promised i'll be getting more guest listeners and today we have a new guest and his name is terry tucker now you'd want to know a little bit about terry so terry is the founder of motivational check he is a former college basketball player a swat team hostage negotiator and a cancer warrior for the last 10 years which has included the amputation of his foot in 2018 and his entire leg in 2020 but terry has managed to stand against all odds and he's also come up with his four truths which help people against all odds terry is an author of sustainable excellence 10 principles to leading your uncommon and extraordinary life in this he helps people find their uncommon and extraordinary purpose the 10 principles that are outlined in his book will provide the bedrock necessary to form the foundation of unshakable beliefs and dedicated behaviors to reinforce your attitude no matter how much pain you must endure or how many obstacles you must overcome terry has also spoken over on like about 500 podcasts and has been featured in authority thrive global and human capital leadership magazines i'm so so happy to introduce all of you all to terry and i'm so glad that he could come here and he could speak to us so terry thank you so much for coming here today and thank you for sharing everything that you're going to share ahead Hey guys, welcome back to an episode of season 2 of Tell Me More. It's been pretty long. I have been out of town and I've not been able to record an episode. Um, you know, things have been busy, things have been changing in my life, and because of that, I've not been able to give at least two Fridays to this thing. But I'm back and I have an amazing guest with me. So firstly, I'd like to thank all my listeners for being so supportive for, you know, being on this journey from even listening to it you know even though there were not two episodes that were out and it, i really really appreciate it and i'm so thankful for that you'll remove your time and uh, you know you listen to this episode and i'm so happy that this community is growing one step at a time it's because of you all that tell me more was in the top 15% most shared globally on spotify and i couldn't be more grateful for all your support So as I promised you that this year there will be a lot of guests that would be coming forward. The next guest that we have on this podcast is Zoe Falago. Uh Zoe is an organizational psychologist operating professionally in the full spectrum of her science, taking over projects of cultural transformation, employee training and development. She also does executive and team coaching. She does public speaking. and is writing for both private uh, and uh, corporate clients globally she's a mentor for women on top a feminist organization trying to bring equality in the workspace a senior member of the helmick institute of coaching and was voted best career coach in the global coaching conference of 2021 she's also a food lover a board game geek and she loves books music fashion and theater and i'm so happy to introduce you to her and it's really it's been great you know to uh have all these conversations with you before and i'm so glad that you are here and you know you could speak to my audience so we are really really happy that you are here 
Hello, Mariam. Thank you very much for bringing me on board. This is a wonderful topic and I can't wait, you know, to talk about it. And if I'm able to help your audience a little bit to define more themselves outside the stereotypes, then that would be perfect for me. Thank you so much. So I would want to just, you know, first ask you that I have already mentioned all your qualifications and everything. But what is it about you that you would like our listeners to know? Something more that is something unique about you that you would like them to know? Uh, well, you've already mentioned then that I'm an organizational psychologist, which means that I'm a psychologist uh, for businesses. And what I think that people should know about me is that I'm really invested into making corporate culture more, more healthy. It's not just something that I do for work. It's, I believe, my mission in this life. And I really believe that people should be able to self-identify from their work because it's such an important uh, part of our identities, but they wouldn't have to suffer from that as well. So I'm a big, uh, I would say, change agent when it comes to promoting work-life balance and uh, diversity and equality in the workspace. That's great. That's really great. So as you mentioned, you know, that uh, people, uh, you would love to help people understand their identities. A lot of uh, your identities are set in stereotypes that have been probably set either by society or by people or even by ourselves. So what, according to you, how would you define stereotypes? Stereotypes. Well, basically, people, um, they tend to think in schemas. So that means that when we're having a visual representation in our minds of a, certi- uh, of a special thing, then uh, we tend to have an entire shape in our minds. Let's put it like that. And there are things that go with that shape. They fit, they match. And then there are other things that don't match. So when we have these pre-shaped constructions, mental constructions about people, then we tend to only focus on everything that's confirming this shape and leave outside everything that challenges the shape. And basically, this is a stereotype, having preconceived notions about a specific situation without leaving any room for imagination or for life or even reality to surprise us and change this notion. Right. So, I mean, a lot of people have stereotypes related to it could be related to a faith, you know, or it could be related to a particular race or even a particular culture. Like when you get the corporate culture has particular stereotypes, you know, freelance culture has certain stereotypes. So what do you think is the psychology behind these stereotypes? How do people form these and how do they just, you know, end up conforming to these? Well, it's easy. And in general, everything that is easy is more possible to happen than anything else that's harder. There is a phenomenon in psychology, we call it cognitive dissonance. So basically people, they really can't stand when they they are under the state of cognitive dissonance. Therefore, what happens is that when they are trained and they are programmed in thinking in a specific way, and then there are new information that are challenging this specific way, then that creates a real mental challenge for people. Therefore, they have two uh, options. One option is to create a new shape in order to accumulate these changes and this new information or ignore the new information. Find a way to label them somehow as irrelevant or as an exception and then they can keep believing what they're believing. Therefore, stereotypes, basically, it's a matter of race. When I say race, sorry, I didn't want to mean race. It's my uh, thick accent, thick Greek accent. I meant that it's a matter of how you, you have been raised as a person in your culture. It's not something we are born with. It's something that they train us to believe. Right, right. 
So uh, when you mentioned that, you know, that's how they train us to believe, how do you think, uh, you know, this psychology that you create because of stereotypes starts affecting our identity? And how do we break from that? Because as, uh, I mean, if I have to put it in context, okay, as an Indian, there are certain stereotypes with, you know, the way I speak or probably the things I do, okay? And that identity is somehow something that I even believed in when I was a teenager. So how do you move away from that identity and how do you break from it? Well, there are two ways in which stereotypes are affecting a human being and their identity. One is the active way, which has to do with the opportunities a person might lose because of the stereotypes or the bullying or the mobbing they might be finding themselves or the mocking. But at the same time, we need here to uh, separate this thing. There are also positive stereotypes. Like when it comes to Chinese people, for example, and everybody believes that they're great in music or they're great in math. And there are also positive stereotypes around male behaviors, especially while even in female behaviors, the stereotype that they might be more tender or more social. These are positive stereotypes, but at the same time, this doesn't mean that they don't harm because a woman might not be social and she might not be tender. And uh, that's the one way that stereotypes are affecting people. And then the second way is the more passive way. It's what we call meta-stereotypes. Basically, this is how people in uh, groups that are being stereotyped are integrating into their lives these stereotypes and how they are personally feeling about these stereotypes. So, for example... When you say that, for example, Zoe, you're a woman, therefore you won't be a good driver. On the one hand, this might affect me because you will never lend me your car. So I won't have the opportunity to drive unless I buy my own car. And on the other hand, if I internalize this stereotype, I might actually never become a good driver. Because I already feel like I shouldn't be a good driver. So I can live up to my stereotype. A fun experiment that happened some years ago about stereotypes, gave to some female students a math test. So in the control group, they just gave them the math test. But in the experimental group, they gave them the math test and they asked them to fill in their sex, female or male. So the group that actually fulfilled also the sex had a a result at the same math test of less than 30%. So they scored 30% less just because the variable of sex triggered the stereotype of sex and the stereotype that women are not good in math. At the same time, another experiment that I find fascinating about stereotypes and labeling is that there was a teacher, okay, in a school. And she was a new teacher. She just started working at the school. So uh, when she started the decision, they changed the grades of the good students with the the grades of the bad students. So basically, she thought that the good students are the bad ones and the bad students are the good ones. So in one year, the good students were really bad students and the bad students were really good students. Because basically, just because she thought that this person is a good student, she would give them more room to express. She would be more patient with them. Uh, She would be probably more explaining to them while she stopped completely rewarding those that she believed to be bad students. And this is the true power of stereotypes. I think I can add to this because uh, when I was younger and I was in seventh grade and I I was typically a child who used to love to draw over, you know, studying math. So specifically when uh, geometry came into play, I used to love doing geometry. 
and one day my class teacher uh, i mean my math teacher she told me to stand up in front of the class and she been pointing that this child can only do geometry because she likes drawing and she's not good in math and uh, somehow i stuck to that identity so from 7th to 10th grade i just stopped performing great in maths and i just stopped studying maths and then finally board exams came in and uh, my teacher changed and my teacher's approach to me at that point of time was very different she did tell me every single day you know that it's something that you can definitely do and surprisingly it was the third highest subject that i got in like in my boards like and that is why i asked you that that stereotype was kind of created for me that she is a creative child she's not really going to be all that great you know in maths and i started believing that until you know after somebody else came forward and tried to make me change that so yes definitely the whole uh, thing that you mentioned about the you know the, the experimental group that has actually happened with me in real life but two different teachers two different approaches and it has completely changed my identity so mm-hmm. um yeah so when you are talking about like how i mentioned now that it changes people's identity um when you are going to if you're not mentally strong enough to understand that this is not who i am okay and you've built an identity how do you even start to realize that it is because of a stereotype of a culture or a stereotype that has been reinforced into you due to you know the people who are around you and how do you dissociate from that particular stereotype and actually figure out your identity well i think that basically like it goes to many scenarios like that you need to start focusing on other people and you need to start focusing on what this thing means for them as well so stop thinking a little bit about yourself and start thinking about how this same stereotype might be affecting others so the moment you yourself stopped believing and stop acting in a stereotypical way and stop perpetuating stereotypes then it's like magic but they lose power over you as well and you yourself stop being influenced as well so basically if you want change to happen and this is a bit you know common but it's also the truth you need to start being the change okay that's that's definitely there because a lot of people go through that and i've also heard a lot of people of my age okay do speak about it that uh, there are people in our life who are constantly reminding them that they've come from a particular you know background or they've come from a particular race and because of that they cannot be where they want to be so that's exactly why i wanted to understand that how could you change the, that about yourself and when it comes today like to finding your identity um what would you suggest that how do people go around finding who they are and you know what do they stand as because your identity nowadays when you ask somebody you know who are you or like uh, introduce yourself okay the first thing they will start with is their qualifications that hey i'm a graduate in this is this and uh, i've gone ahead to do this but they don't realize that if your qualifications are taken away from you okay that cannot be your only identity so how do they go around finding that well i think that the first step is to do a lot of things that's the truth like the more things you do the more things you read the more things you experience and the more people you meet then the bigger the range you have to choose what suits you and what doesn't suit you so for sure there's no way you're going to find your identity by being too narrow minded and single minded and deciding too soon what your identity is because that's also true when we're too young we don't have enough experiences to be sure that and also even when you're older we change if you're doing everything right your identity will be continue changing forever because you keep growing and you keep adding elements and something that might be working in 25 is no more more relevant at uh, 30 and even less at 35 therefore i would say that 
do as many things as possible, try as many things as possible, and keep an open book, keep an open agenda. You never know. You like vanilla, you know, you like vanilla ice cream. If you only had vanilla ice cream, obviously you will like it. But if you try 34 or 50 different flavors, then you will have a much more opinion about whether you still like vanilla or why you like vanilla. Exactly. And as you mentioned, I mean, this is something which is very trivial, okay, which is about an ice cream taste. But a lot of people have a set, you know, boundary that we will only do these sports, we will only eat these things, okay, just because probably other people around them have made them uh, feel like, you know, this is the only thing that is going to be good, or they've not felt confident enough trying out things. And then when they do actually try it out, they do realize that they've never been a vanilla person, but they've actually been a chocolate ice cream kind of a person, you know. So definitely, yeah. experimentation is at the heart of figuring out your identity. And but experimentation what? is also, sorry, experimentation yeah. is also more of a result. Before that, it's an active choice that I won't be single-minded. I will be more open to change. I will try more things. But people have a tendency to feel such a rush when it comes to figuring out who they are. And that's not, that's just the outcome. But in the end, it's all about the process of how did you reach that conclusion that this is who you are? And the only way to know that this is really who you are is to have been so many different things that you can now be sure that, no, this doesn't suit me and this doesn't suit me. This suits me a little more, but this is definitely who I am. Who I am. That brings me to a question. Do you think that you ever come to a point where you figure out everything about yourself? In my opinion, no. You keep changing. Like I said, and it's a good sign. Like, if you haven't figured out everything about yourself, it means that you never stop searching. It means that you always keep challenging yourself and you push yourself out of the comfort zone. Basically, you should be scared the moment you say, now I have everything figured out. I know exactly where I am. I know exactly where I stand. That means that you have entered a very, very dangerous comfort zone and you will stop growing. At the same time, having said that, not everyone is about growing in this life. There are people that care about growth and other people that they just want to get by. But if you are the kind of person who really values personal development and personal growth, then be afraid of being too comfortable and, you know, just keep challenging your beliefs and just keep challenging whether you know yourself or not. Many people are just, you know, so eager to tell you who they are and they're missing out so much because even the things that are not you, they still can be valuable experiences. Even you end up, I don't know, hating caramel ice cream, it's still a valuable experience to know because then you you add to your flavor profile so you can explain to someone why you prefer vanilla and why you hate caramel and that can also open an horizon you might think okay so basically what i do like is this particular element of vanilla so what if i try also rose uh ice cream maybe that i'll also like that's true that's definitely so true so you become a little more aware of you know what are your likes and dislikes and how to leverage it so your strengths weaknesses likes dislikes every single thing is a little more clearer to you when you keep on experimenting and what you mentioned you know that uh, definitely according to you you think that you cannot ever come to a point where you know pra- practically everything about yourself it does remind me of uh, you know uh, one of my faculties he once mentioned that if you've ever come to a point where you think you know everything about a particular subject okay you 
are the most foolish per- foolish person in the room at that point of time because nothing ever stops evolving okay there's always going to be something new to learn out there and there's always going to be new things that you have to experiment with and uh, i think that's one thing that i would like to tell my audience also that you are going to meet new people you are going to come across different you know experiences and your identity is going to keep changing with that so rather than getting scared of it just keep accepting it and just keep enjoying the new experiences that are coming towards yeah but like i said these all will happen if you do everything right basically if you do everything right then there will be more times that you're feeling lost so that's a good sign it's a bit of a paradox but it's a good sign it it's it, it basically shows that you're not afraid of trying out and you're not afraid of failing and you're not afraid of i don't know choosing the wrong ice cream once so you can choose a better one the next time and yeah. it's okay it's part of the process of uh, self knowledge and self awareness right that's definitely there and i mean when it comes to identity uh, like identity okay today what do you think is the biggest issue that is there of uh the coming generation like people who are between 16 to 25 what is the biggest identity issue that they're going through well basically they are the generation that have it better than anyone else <laughs> because their caretakers uh are people that are more into psychological thought and more into therapy than never before so they grew up much better with more opportunity to express themselves therefore i think that uh an issue that they might have is having the patience to wait a little bit for the older people to come along like we we show that starting with millennials a little bit and then with gen z's is even more and then i think zoomers basically won't even understand why some things are not grounded and at the same time i think that that might create a fear of they stop protesting and they stop actively fighting for what's right because they might be taking so many things for granted and it's very easy in history we've seen it so many times that the moment we take something and then we relax it it's a circle it goes back and back again and especially when it comes to human rights definitely definitely that's that and um what is the one piece of like i mean the last thing that i would definitely want to ask you because you've summed up stereotypes you've summed up identity and everything related to stereotypes and identity pretty well So uh if you had to give a particular advice to the generation that I was um, I mentioned before what would it be an advice that you probably come across that you've never forgotten Well I'll tell you something that I've been thinking a lot these days I think that everyone should try to be more than one person not in a sense that uh you're not consistent and you're not uh, stable and transparent but in the sense that people should be as multidimensional as possible so basically what they should be trying is to balance their inner identities because we have a lot of inner identities and the more inner identities a person have the happier and the healthier and the more balanced they are so don't be rigid don't think that if your personality is only created by two or three elements which is your studies your job and let's say your relationship status that's enough it shouldn't be enough it should have more elements because the more elements your identity has then the less burden you put in each of its elements therefore if one suffers the other will remain intact and as a as a result you will never lose your sense of identity you will always know who you are and where you're going while on the other side if your identity is only created by two or three and let's say these three elements are also overlapping like i am a, a mother a wife and i work at the same work with my husband and that's all then the moment something bad happens like let's say 
a divorce, this person will lose their identity because, you know, all these elements are too overlapped and suffer. But at the same time, imagine a person who is a woman, who is a mother, she's a lawyer, she's also a wife and she loves art. She has a lot of friends and she travels with her friends. Every weekend, she's also, I don't know, write poetry. Even if something goes wrong in one area, the other areas will be there. They will be solid and she can go back to how she was. She can figure it out again. I, I totally agree on that because what you mentioned, you know, that when a person's identity is only tied down to the three factors that you mentioned, okay, there are a lot of people who do get out of relationships or lose a job or, or you know, there is something that they are really, really known by and that is taken away and they feel completely lost because you do identify, as I mentioned before, when you do introduce yourself or you're known in a social circle, you are identified by one of these factors. I mean, uh, specifically from where I come, okay, that one of the identities is being somebody's uh, wife or is being somebody's daughter or is being, it's, you know, being somebody's, um, you're always associated by with somebody else. So I totally agree on the point when you mentioned, you know, if you do expel, it again goes back to the same thing. If you have a clearer mind, if you have an open mind, you'll experiment more and you'll have more things that you would identify. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording this. If you like a particular line of the episode, do share it on your story and tag me at tmm.pod. You can follow me on tmmpod and feel free to reach out and give me your feedback or topics you would want me to speak about. Have a great day. Bye.